Hey everyone, welcome back to AV Insider. This is your host, Johnny Moda. If you don't know me, well, you should. I, I'm the host. But it doesn't really matter. The show's not about me. It's about my special guest, who has been on the past, uh, been, been on the show in the past. And where we laugh left off, well, I could tell you the story, but actually Paul Konikowski, who's currently at Whitlock, why don't you tell the story? Well, yeah, where we last left off uh, was last summer. You and I spoke, and I was uh, interviewing for positions in in uh, the Raleigh Durham area and I was still in your area, which is, you know, Santa Rosa. Uh, we were talking about, I was looking at integrators and consultants and, and software companies and, and uh, ended up at, uh, at Whitlock. I think it's a, a, a good fit for me. Um, I'm, I'm with the, the local office, but I'm, I'm not, I'm with the, the Durham office. Um, but in reality, I'm part of this, uh, enterprise resource group that's more of a virtual group out of texas so um made the, made the move out here in uh, in early october and uh right around that time of the fires where that were going on in, in your area in santa rosa and you know literally driving out of town at my first hotel you know getting text from people saying are you okay uh, you know, we heard about these fires and, and, you know, living in California, uh, you know, friends in the East coast, they hear about a fire. The typical response we give them is, Oh, right. That's hours away. We can smell the smoke. It's not really near me, you know? And so right. I didn't think much when I started getting the text and I, I texted one friend, uh, an old coworker. And I said, so, so what's the deal on these fires? Is it, you know, how big of a deal is it? And he said, I just lost my house. Um, and I found out two other, two other, uh, or, or at least one other coworker from PCD lost their house that night. Luckily, they both had, you know, other places to stay, uh, so they weren't completely homeless, but lost all of their memories and, um, and was, you know, went to bed thinking everything was fine and woke up, you know, running out of the house with, with neighbors' houses on fire. So, um, part of that that neighborhood that where the fire jumped over the highway and anyway it made it a bit more of an emotional move i felt guilty uh leaving uh my my coworkers and my friends i at first i felt great about the move but then to have everything sort of burning down uh behind me i almost wanted to turn around and go back uh um i i kind of also wanted to ask you for a second and kind of turn the interview around on you for a while i know you didn't get a I uh, probably didn't get a chance to tell a lot of people about this, but I know that you were right in the heart of that. And, um, and I'd love to hear, you know, your perspective on, on what happened there in earlier October and how, how you were affected, how business was affected. Um, you know, why don't you take a moment and talk about that? Yeah. Thanks, Paul. Uh, it was, it was a weird time, right? Um, you left and then it, it almost felt like, you know, once you were on the way, things started to happen and, I remember being like at 10, 11 o'clock at night hearing sirens and, and thought, you know, I smelled smoke. And I thought it was like myself personally was because I was cooking that night. It, there's nothing really going on. I'm just too worried. And I thought, I remember, you know, getting notifications throughout the night. And I thought I kept hearing, you know, sirens on the highway because I live that close to the highway. But I thought it was my imagination. And then around between one and three in the morning, the neighbor you know, like uh, bang on the door, make sure we're in there or, or getting out and just kind of sort of pulling me out 10, 15 out the door, pointing over the fence, which is the highway and the hillside. And everything you see over the fence is just engulfed in flames. It was pretty scary. 
Um, but beyond that, you know, the to, to sort of bring what could be a long story to, to a short uh, synapse here or a short uh, recap, um, the – I didn't. I didn't lose anything. I was evacuated for a week. Family members of mine were lucky. Were evacuated for longer, but nothing burned. We did have some friends, or I have some friends that did lose everything, like yourselves. Um, you know, probably live similar to where your your friend from PCD did. Um, somewhere in Coffee Park, somewhere up on the hill. My my, yeah. my old boss lost a, ho- a home up there, and it's unfortunate. But you know, to, uh, I don't know anyone who was hurt other than, you know, monetarily, which is still not great, but luckily people that I know ended, you know, getting out their lives, which is always important. So when the neighbor knocked on the door to me, that was, you know, a very heartwarming, uh, a safety comfort. And then since, you know, that time, you know, my company, other people, Sonoma County, the people really got together and helped, you know, coordinate, clean up, um, donate work, tools, food, water, shelter, free Wi-Fi. Um, it was an interesting time for a long time. The county really kind of came together. Um, it was nice to see everyone help each other. Yeah, it was a it was pretty pretty interesting. But since then, again, people from like Florida and all over are calling out here because there's work now. So it's sad to say because of the of the fire, there is a, a ton more work uh, and people calling from all over East Coast out out to here about it. Um, I'm really not touching a whole lot of that right now. We're just so busy with other stuff. Um, but there's going to be a massive wave of just building, building and building and building. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, the key word is rebuilding, right? You know, yeah. and, 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 and so advantage of that situation, you know, monetarily, like you said, or, or even just trying to upgrade their own homes or, or their own businesses. I know one, one uh, young woman who runs a nanny business, and she had connections at the the Hilton, you know, and other hotels where they would give her nanny work, you know, uh, tra- travel nanny work. And that hotel's not there anymore, you know. And so she said, you know, if I wasn't in other parts of the country, I probably would have gone under, you know. But yeah, sure enough, she's bounced back and the work's come back. You know, the weddings that were canceled are coming back. Uh, and, and so I, I hope everybody rises, you know, from the ashes like a phoenix in a way. But man, it it hit me even just, you know, like I said, it was an emotional time for me just moving alone. I mean, it sounds really selfish, but, and then having to hear about coworkers who lost homes and, you know, the best thing you can do is donate or call them or something like that. Um, anyway, I'm glad that you're safe and, and every, yeah, everyone, thanks. you know, safe. And, and, uh, and I think, you know, PCD survived and, and yeah, yeah. there probably is some, some, uh, new work that comes out of it, you know, in a way and rebuilding, <laughs> um, but I think for every t- every opportunity, there's new work. There's probably someone trying to scam somebody at the same time. Oh, I'm sure there's lots of that right. going on. Yeah, so, I, could, uh, I could say that about the rental market right now. But but uh, yeah, we'll see how things go. But um, yeah, I, it it was it was a bummer to see you leave. Right, being being a friend through the industry, you know, I'm like, oh, you know, a buddy moved up here who's also into mountain biking and stuff, and also in the AV industry. Cool. But then you know, once you decided it was better to go back out East. Uh, it was kind of a bummer, but I feel like I always thought I'm like, wow, you know, you, you got out just in time, like literally. Yeah. And- there was almost like, almost like a divine intervention or something like, cause I had picked that day. Obviously I couldn't predict it, but it is weird how, you know, the timing that I got out of there for sure. I mean, my car, my, my antique car had been parked 
at my friend's house for the weekend while I loaded up the moving truck and that house burned down. So, you know, 12, 12 hours before that house burned down, my car was there. Um, so, you know, again, that would have been a small loss, but it's just weird. It was just, yeah. that's the best word for it. It was it's just so weird. It was a very weird feeling of leaving, not, you know, being able to, to, to help or, or whatever. So, um, Anyway, um, it was, it's sad. I am going to go back. I'm really interested to see what it looks like now. What's, you know, what's still looks burned down. What has been already been rebuilt. I probably will try to get back there in the fall for hardly strictly. Yeah. Um, and so I'll try to look you up then and, and head up to Santa Rosa and, and just, you know, see the damage. I was, I don't think my old home was in, ever in any danger. I was out in Guerneville, you know, 20 miles West, but, um, I know you were right on the front lines there, so um, and and other people I know too. So I just want to take a moment to talk about that and give you a chance to yeah, thanks, man. Tell your story. I uh, um, it, I don't think about it a lot until like I sort of like drive by it. like the the trees and, and the and the bulk of it is like trimmed down, but like the structures, the the bricks are still there, and there's nothing new. So I I, I kind of forget until I get over to to the house or. Um, a friend's house or wherever. I'm like, Oh yeah, crap. There's just destruction. It's crazy. Um, but yeah, yeah. but th again, thank you for bringing that to attention. Um, I do want to go back to, to you though. I think I skipped it. I didn't yeah. say, but you are a enterprise solutions architect current uh, at Whitlock, correct? Yes. Yes. Um, and that is, uh, a role where it's similar to the system designer role, but it's usually a little more customer facing a little bit more uh, pre-sales role. And so uh, I'll tell you a little bit about that role and what's different uh, about it versus other other integrators. First of all, I just want to say I'm really happy at Whitlock. And, and it's not like I wasn't happy at other places, but I feel like this was a great move. It almost feels like I graduated up uh, to, to a higher level of, of professionalism. My, my coworkers, again, nothing against my old coworkers. They were great. Uh, and, and I do miss uh, miss them. That's the hardest part about leaving a job is leaving your coworkers. But I'm I'm so impressed by the coworkers here at Whitlock, the professionalism, and and being a, a company of 900, you have uh, the ability to have groups dedicated to uh, client experience centers, for instance. And you might have a whole nother group that's dedicated to managed services. Uh, we've got one one guy that's really, you know, all over Surface Hubs and, and somebody else is, is all about assisted listening induction loop systems and, and real, you know, just real experts. And I'm, I'm blown away every day by the teamwork that's involved on taking on some of these larger enterprise clients, which is definitely a new thing for me. You know, at PCD, we're doing a lot of public works jobs, a lot of schools, and, and we were doing the Transbay Transit Center and things like that. Now I'm working much more with um, large financial institutions, large corporate clients, and, and helping to, you know, in a, in a, in a nutshell, uh, set their standards, set their, set their conference room standards and have those client facing conversations. So we work out a, a, a huddle room, an eight person conference room, a 12 person room, things like that, and then roll out those standards for 80, 80% of their rooms nationwide. And then the other 20%, of course, they might need a little bit more of a custom design. And I, and I do some of that too. So it's a, it's a mix of going after, I, I still do some of the bid work. I still go after higher ed, um, uh, jobs like I've been doing for most of my time in the Bay Area. My first job I got assigned to was uh, was was against the uh, was bidding against old um, 
old employers up in the Northeast at Boston College, and we wound up winning that one. So that was kind of it was kind of fun um, knowing I was bidding against some old some old employers and uh, and and business from from that. Uh, and then uh, recently I did another uh, another higher ed bid, but. Um, you know, I was told very, very early on that, you know, it's great that you're into bids, Paul, but we really want you to be that, that consultant, that internal consultant in a way that, that, so the client doesn't feel they need one, you know, so you can be that role, you can guide them in their budget talks, guide them in their standards processes and introduce new technology on their technology roadmaps. And so that's really what a lot of it's been. It's been sitting down with architecture teams and, and uh, the UC groups and, you know, looking at new floor plans and saying, okay, well, what, where are these conferences going to fit and how many and, uh, you know, dealing with uh, different table heights, you know, we're seeing a big trend in taller tables now. Um, so it's a, it's a very, it's a great role for me because it's somewhat familiar, but also a, a new challenge. And, um, I mentioned, you know, being part of Durham, but not, I applied to the Durham office, but during the interview process, they decided that there was uh, a little more opportunity for me with their, what they call the enterprise resource group. And this is a virtual group out of, uh, led out of Texas mostly where, you know, in, in one, in one case, if a, if a local office needs help on a bid and it's a big bid and they're, they don't have the resources to go after it, we'll come in to help and, and go after it. But uh, more often we get assigned to a longer term enterprise con uh, enterprise contractor client and really develop that client relationship uh, where they learn to trust your judgment and you're, you're having the conversations about new tech coming out and you're meeting them at trade shows and, and developing that side by side with your uh, sales manager. There's also these, this great role called the program manager, which I'm not used to, which is a great role. Um, someone that's overseeing all of the enterprise projects under a certain enterprise client and making sure everybody's doing the same thing and on the same page and they're getting consistent results across the globe. So really, um, really great group to be a part of sort of feel like, um, I almost feel like part of the Jedi council in a way <laughs> where, where we have our, you know, our own little meetings and there's the Senate and there's these other big things going on, but we, you know, we go out and either on our own or in groups of two, right. And, and help, uh, help out in a situation and, and um, set the standards and kind of get everything going on the right track. And then we hand it off to the local engineer and it's not necessarily, you know, a hierarchy as much as I'm on the front end of it and an abstract level of, of conversation. And then I hand it to the local engineer who really does all where the rubber meets the road, you know, does all the true engineering of the job. And meanwhile, I'll work on the next floor, the next project, and so it's um, a really neat role, and I'm very happy with it, really happy with uh, the, the structure of it. My boss is not bossy at all, which if you know me, you know, that's that's good for me, um, <laughs> right? So, uh, and he, you know, he lets us run, run our own our own uh, shows, and as long as we, we keep the clients happy, he doesn't. he's not in my business every day, and he's there to support me, not to necessarily direct or anything like that. So um, really enjoying it, um, very very impressed with that whole that whole group for sure that's great man uh, I'm, I'm happy for you and I'm excited to see your new journey and see what things happen uh, along your journey did you I mean correct if I'm wrong but did you shut down your uh, your PK audio audio visual blog or I didn't it... shut down 
I didn't shut down the website. No, the website's still there. What I did is officially I closed the business. Um, once I once I landed the job here and and decided it was the spot where I wanted to stay, uh, I officially shut down the bank accounts. And you know this will be the last year I file any kind of income from that. So I'm not planning on taking on any uh, paid work or or any side gigs. This this one job is plenty of work for me. You know I don't. I don't need to work any more than I'm working right now. I'm still writing. I wrote something, I think, last weekend or the weekend before. I've got some other ideas. So it's really just an editorial blog right now. But I've, I've officially shut down Pico Auto Visual as a business after, I think, about seven years of being open uh, on and off. And it was a, a little sad day, of course. I really enjoyed running my own thing. But, um, you know, like I said in our last podcast, I like paychecks, too. And this, yeah. is, this is definitely a challenge for me, this role. Is is uh, it feels like you know where I need to be and 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 uh, the opportunities that are attached to it are huge. So well, really well, uh, really happy. Well, I hope you continue to write on the side at least. I mean, at least at least for putting good content out there related to the industry. I mean, I really enjoyed going there, and I think it's you know it's probably it's a good creative outlet for you, I would assume. And um, you know, as you're in this new journey with Whitlock, obviously you can't talk about certain things, but you can. Um, still continue to write um, advice, right? And, and things like that. And just good, good general knowledge, I think is, it'd be a good source for that, um, for your website and your outlet. I think, um, well, I mean, I at least hope that you continue to do something like that. Thanks. Yeah, I will. And I'm getting good support from them. You know, I found I was on LinkedIn the other day and I was, you know, I was looking up mentions or something, you know, for some reason. And I realized that a whole bunch of my coworkers had, you know, retweeted or reposted one of my last blog posts. So it, they they seem to like what I have to say, and and they like the thought leadership. They they realize that being in the industry and and having a voice, and you know, having the name Whitlock next to us, it, it shows that we're we really you know we're in tune with what's going on, um, and uh, and the trends that are happening. And uh, it's one thing I was wondering if you wanted to get into. I don't, know if, I don't know when we want to get into that, but, you know, certain trends we're seeing and what you're seeing and um, it's it, what East Coast versus West Coast, you know, like uh, certain things that were very big out there are, are still kind of catching uh, traction out here. But, uh, uh, yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, it's give, give, give me a good example. What, what, what do you mean? Like uh, what's now catching out there that what you saw out here? Well, you know, let's say um, something like Zoom or BlueJeans, um, those sort of soft codecs are very, very big in the Bay Area and very accepted. Um, and we, we saw some of that here, but basically when I, you know, when I got out here, I was seeing a lot more of the, the traditional codecs, uh, Polycoms and Cisco's and Skype for Business, of course, but um, now we are seeing you know, without getting into specifics, we're seeing a transition towards more and more of the soft codec. And hmm. so I feel like San Francisco is still leading, you know, still bleeding edge, still early adopter by far. And, and, uh, and then it, you know, we're a little bit, we're a little bit slower here, maybe a little, little, little less fast adopter or something like that. But um, seeing that trend, uh, the other, the other trends I'm seeing is um like i mentioned the higher tables um oh stand up desk i was i've been using stand up desk for a while and i know other people have but now i'm seeing it more and more when i talk to architects and floor plans 
certain meeting rooms are having taller tables or, or no chairs at all, that sort of trend. We're seeing a lot of that. Um, and we're seeing what's happening with things going back into the uh, the, I, the IDF closet, the, the credenza systems, the credenza being replaced more with IDF-based centralized systems, you know, Ethernet switches and, and taking things out of the room and having less racks in the credenzas. We're seeing a lot of that happening too. So I think that was a little bit more prevalent in the Bay Area when I left. But um, yeah, are you seeing are you seeing that sort of thing too? And from where you're, where you're where you're reading or what you're seeing in your jobs, I'm I I don't really get to see a lot more of that now. I'm more <clears throat> I'm more in the uh, electrical and lighting and controls portion, so I don't get to see the portion that you get. You know, I don't I don't really do any of the rooms and that kind of stuff. Supplying more of the materials where I'm at, and um, so it's hard to say. But going back to what you were saying about soft codex, I, I was at a, a San Jose Sharks game um, a week or two ago, and they were heavily promoting zoom like just big time in there massive uh it, it was pretty interesting to watch and i was i was watching the game and then i remember like them uh rallying up everybody for uh like what do they call it the, the something zoom and you know sponsored by zoom and it's like all the guys like running out of the locker room so the live feed to like the monitors was all you know provided by zoom it was uh it's pretty interesting I, I am seeing them pop up a lot now more. I don't know if it's just because I've it's been in my mind and we use Zoom here and, you know, it's from the bear or it's just, you know, it just really is being pushed more and more and more rapidly adopted. Yeah, I think they are. Um, I think they're making a big, a big uh, disruption in our industry. I've, I've heard and I've read, you know, through Rave Pubs, you know, Gary had a great, uh, interview with the CEO, I believe it was, and they talked about their funding. And I actually think that has a lot to do with that marketing that you're seeing at those games and, and the other marketing that we're seeing is, is they are well-funded. They've got some, some deep money behind them and that's allowing them to, uh, to advertise have more heavily than some of the past, uh, you know, their competitors have. So it's definitely taking some, some shape and, what we're, we're really looking at is trying to design rooms that, you know, could be Zoom, it could be another soft codec, you know, and we're trying not to be too specific to a certain provider because, you know, they're the hit this week, you know, kind of thing or, you know, but who knows what's going to be around the corner. And so we're thinking a lot more about modular systems having USB based components uh, or, you know, audio, video, um, central processing that you can easily switch, switch things in and out. And so being a little bit less proprietary about your design work, which is, is I'd say is a step away from a lot of what we do as much as we've been integrating systems, you know, for a while we were, you know, putting in a lot of proprietary things and, and I, I'm, we're finding that that's going away more and more now that it's, uh, more product agnostic and more about, uh, more about function and, and, you know, it's not as important what, what flat panel you have, as long as you have a flat panel and, and it doesn't matter as much as, you know, what, what brand camera you have, as long as it's working, you know, that's really kind of what it comes down to, uh, and teaching the clients that a 1080p camera for $500 and one for $5,000 aren't the same thing even though they, base, they, base, they both say 1080p. 
Um, mm-hmm. So that's a lot of what we're we're up against is that you know the, it, educating the client, and I feel like we're going more and more to be a service industry. Uh, I mentioned AV as a service, and I I feel like you know as flat panels become commodities, as everything else goes USB. We, we're not going to be able to make the same kind of profit that we've made on equipment over the years. We're, we're really going to be held to being experts in our field. You know, um, anyone can, can buy something off the internet and, and, and plug it in knowing how to do it or if it's the best solution, that's where people are going to be looking to us. Our clients are going to be trusting us to, to guide them through those processes. And so um, kind of leads it a little bit into AV as a service. Um, I am seeing a little bit more of that. I was really interested to hear that Whitlock is, is getting on board with that idea. We've actually had a few clients. Um, I can't get into too many details, but that have shown interest or have, or have uh, contracted for, for things on a monthly or quarterly or annual basis where you're not selling the entire system all at once. Instead, you're putting a monthly price on it. And uh, even the clients that haven't totally bought into that yet, the ones I've mentioned it to, their eyes light up. They, they hear, oh, that's, that's much different. I like to use the cell phone model. You know, when you go to buy a new cell phone, you might have to buy the equipment up front. Sometimes they give you the phone for free, but, you know, you're essentially paying for the monthly service. You might be paying an extra, you know, $3 for visual voicemail or detailed billing and, and this and that. And I, and I feel like that's what everyone is comfortable with. If you add up how much you spend on a cell phone over a couple of years, it's a huge amount of money, but you don't think about it that way. You think about it on a monthly basis and your commitment is that much less. And I don't, I don't think a lot of companies really want to make that big commitment into a room. I think they want to just be able to pay, you know, by the month. And if they're not happy and that service and, and uh, you know, maybe go with something else. So I've started thinking about ALS as a service, for instance, assisted listening as a service. You know, maybe you have a room that, that needs it and you don't necessarily know what it needs, but you know it needs assisted listening. And, and wouldn't it be great if we could just charge you a monthly fee to make sure you have it, no matter if it's 100 people in the room or 1,000 people in the room, that you're going to be prepared, it's going to be working. If the, if the equipment breaks, we come in and, and replace it for you and sort of offering these things more of a monthly service. Uh, rather think, than in, installed systems that you're committed to. I think you're really onto something there. And, and a part of that, what I'm seeing is RMR being huge, right? So uh, businesses obviously need new work all the time, but what's nice to have is reoccurring monthly revenue. And AV as a service or ALAS, as you'd put it, uh, assisted listening as a service, you know, these services are extra added services from from any given company let's take Whitlock in this instance or or anyone else and adding these services to your customer may be more appealing than the um the all in at once you know for for what they want to buy right they could be add-on services or they could be you the monthly services to get them the whole system over the course of one contract, whatever that may be from any given provider. And, and again, in this, uh, this case, Whitlock. So is that the future? I think it's definitely where the market is shifting to and where more companies are probably sort of um, gearing their business model to. Not that new work isn't going to keep coming, but there's got to be like a phase of building and, and, and remodel that takes over and uh, eventually new building 
is at a halt at some point. So there's got to be other uh, other sources of income. And these services and these uh, RMR, recurring monthly revenue services, contracts, need to keep us all going, right? And so it's about basically how 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 do you put those in place if you don't already have them? What's new? What's next? What's the next trend? And just like how you're, you know, you're talking about like not really doing the $500 versus the $5,000 camera, there's got to be something in between or something that gets them to the $5,000 camera for a monthly service, right? Which is in the camera, this being right. a package. For, 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 right, for like a premium price. And that's the other thing we're, we're finding is that um, having tiered service or tiered uh, rooms, you know, I, I personally love using the Olympics as my as my metaphor having the the bronze the silver and the gold because we are a global company and we're talking to folks in india and the philippines and china and hong kong you know everyone understands gold silver bronze right yeah and uh and and having uh different tiers of service and different tiers of you know av not necessarily quality but you know do you really want to see the microphone on the table or do you want it hidden in the ceiling you know with you know if you're going to pay for that to be you know to get that luxury and and i think i think from a from a client's perspective there's a there's a number of things one is they don't have to fork over all that money up front for something they're not sure that they're going to use and you know having the ability to, to say i'm not sure if we really want this we want to tr be able to try it for a year and then if we change our mind you know stop paying for it i think that's a huge that's a huge benefit to the client i think it reduces the risk in their mind of of laying down a bunch of of capex and that's the other thing is that is this money this money is no longer coming from capex anymore now it might come from opex you know operations and and it might be more of a monthly, uh, so so they may buy the equipment up front, but then uh, it, I think that's the model that Zoom uses is they let their clients, you know, purchase the equipment up front, but then they're selling really on a, the services on a monthly basis. Hey, you want recording? That's an extra $10 a month. You want uh, a 1-800 number to dial into? That's an extra $10 a month or something like that. And of course, you know, I don't, don't quote me on their pricing, please. <laughs> but, but uh, that I, that to a client is is much easier to swallow and, and much easier to budget. You know, you might say, yeah. oh, we're building a new build. Well, how many rooms are going to have about 50? And in their head, they know it's going to be this much per month per room. You know, they're not worried about where am I going to come up with all that money this year that I don't need next year. And, you right. know, it, it's a little bit easier to, to budget. And, you know, you and I don't get paid in bulk. Like when you get a job, they don't lay down, you know, this giant sum of money and say, Johnny, work for us for the next three years. No, yeah, you right. get paid by the month or by the week. And, and that's how they charge their clients. And so I think it fits the, um, the business models a lot more. And so I, I'm a big advocate at, um, and this is, this is speaking for myself, not, not for Whitlock. Whitlock is, is doing it with some clients, but I can't say we're, we're offering this across the board, but me personally, I'm pushing for, with every proposal that we put out, I believe we should have a, a fixed price, but also a monthly price right next to it. Everything, everything that we do, we should be able to put out a monthly price next to it. And it's just our, our systems and, and aren't, aren't quite set up for that just yet. But I really think that's where we're going with this industry. Much like you buy a car, you might be paying a monthly lease. And so you can, you can buy it outright or you can lease it for this much and this money down. Um, 
with some caveats to it, of course. And after 36 months, you get a new display or, you know, something along those lines. Um, you know, new every two. Remember with the Verizon, you get new every two. It was their old thing with the, with the cell phones. Um, so I think, I think that's where it's heading. We've, we've done it a couple times. I've heard with certain clients. I haven't actually had the luxury of doing it with any of the clients I've worked with, but I've had those conversations. And when I do, I've seen their eyes light up, like literally go, whoa, you know, $5 a month, you know, or five, you know, for a room, like, or $5, not a month. I think that's a little low. $5 a day or something, you know, they, you know, they get excited when they see those smaller numbers because now they don't have to commit to, you know, 50, 100, whatever rooms all at once, not sure how much they're going to use. They can actually start small and it's much easier to scale that. Um, and so I think scalability is a big one. I know it's a big buzzword these days. People are dropping scalable, you know, left and right. But <laughs> that's, I think that's going to be the key to, to surviving in this business is less customization and more scalability, more modular approach and, and more of a monthly service service model where you're, you're offering, okay, you get presentation for this price. You want cameras and, and microphones for conferencing. Okay. Then you're going to pay this price. If you decide six months that you want, don't need those cameras and microphones, we'll go ahead and take them out and you'll go back to that price for presentation for that room, you know? And I think there's, that reduces so much risk in the client's mind that it's going to be a big hit. And I'm glad I've seen Gary write a couple things on it. I've seen a couple other folks, um, so I'm glad I'm not the only one talking about it. They say, you know, if, if one person's talking about it, they're crazy. If, if it's two, what they have, you know, they have their company or something. But um, when there's three, you know, it's a trend. And I, I feel the more of us that start talking about it, the more we're going to see. I bet we're going to see more and more of that this year at Infocom, more people talking about that. Speaking um, of Infocom, are you planning on attending this year? I would say I'm hoping to attend. Uh, I don't, I don't quite have a uh, full approval to go yet. I think they're still working out who goes and who doesn't go. Like, like a lot of company, Whitlock doesn't send everybody every year. Right. You know, they rotate <clears throat> folks in and out. I was thinking about it, Johnny. I haven't been, and I almost thought about playing a little game on LinkedIn to say who is, who can guess the last time I went to Infocom. You know? <laughs> like I, and I've seen you in, in California at, Infocom IOT, right? And they had connections and some of these other things out there. But the true shows, the big shows at Vegas or Orlando, it's been something like 2011 or so. I, I don't even, it's been forever. And I feel very out of touch with with the industry as in that, in that capacity. And there's a lot of vendors and folks I haven't seen in a while. So I'm learning the local Southeast vendors now. Of course, I knew the Bay Area folks really well. I'd love to see right. them again. But man, I'm, I'm, I'm got my fingers crossed and I'm about to start a Twitter campaign, you know, vote for <laughs> me to go. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm really, I really am hoping to go. Um, and I know it'll be a different experience going with let lock than I, than I was with other people. But, uh, yeah, I'm, 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 it's, I think it was 2010 or 11 or something like that. So I'm, I'm really hoping to go this year. Since you went to Infocom in general or the Vegas one, the big one, the Vegas or Orlando, like I haven't been to Vegas or Orlando since. Um, oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Versus the, the regional. Right, right, right. And I really did enjoy those San Jose things. I thought they were great. I know uh, uh, there's one coming up with SCN, right? Um, uh, Check. I don't know if uh, you've heard about that one yet. But anyway, there's another, there's another one somewhere in 
April, I think, where, uh, uh, you know, our buddy Josh is giving a talk um, and uh, some other folks, some sort of presentation panel about things. So um, I was thinking about going to that, but it's too close to some other travel. So I won't be able to make it out there for that. But um, we have our own shows, too. I can give a little plug for Whitlock here. We do our, our show called Vibe. The IBE. Uh, we have one in Durham in the fall. I think it's September. A Richmond show is in, I want to say it's in April. They just did one in Pittsburgh and we have one coming up in Dallas. So we have our own regional shows, much like the Snader show back in the day. Um, you know, the sort of regional tech shows uh, hosted by a specific integrator. So uh, I'm looking forward to that as well. I was unaware of this. What is it called? It's called Vibe. Vibe, V-I-B-E. And, and you might be unaware because I don't know if we're doing one in the Bay Area or not. I'll find out. But I know we do have a Fremont office, but I'm not sure if it's, uh, if it's something where they're, they're doing a show out there or not. If, if they are, I'll certainly get you invited, and I'll try to get you invited to one of the other shows too for that Yeah, matter. I'd like to check it out. That's cool. It's kind of a good excuse to get you out here to Durham. Yeah, uh, right. You want to pencil it in. I think it's September we do it out here. Um, and so, yeah, it's our, it's our local trade show where we have our own vendors and our own presentations and classes. Cool. So uh, yeah. looking forward to that. Yeah. Right on. So uh, what's next for you? I mean, obviously Whitlock is going to be a, a, its own thing, but I mean, do you have any other ideas or plans or, or purely want to just focus on what's going on with Whitlock? Well, I, I do want to focus on what's going with Whitlock. I'd say I'm, I'm not, there's, there's enough work at Whitlock where I don't feel I need to, um, I, I definitely feel like there's plenty of challenge and plenty of work. I, I'm not feeling, you know, held back or anything like that. And I feel like it is a great place for me to grow as they grow. I really enjoy this enterprise resource group and what it can offer because it gives us the ability to, you know, work out things at a higher level. Um, I have a good example, not just a standard conference room. Well, we mentioned soft codex. I mean, you know, having, let's say, a, a group of pre-designed rooms that we could then give to all the local offices and they could sell with confidence, you know, something like that, or, or um, some other initiatives where the, the sort of Jedi Council comes up with an idea, we flesh it out amongst ourselves, and then we roll it out to the rest of the company. I really like that idea. Um, one of the one of the things we are we are getting into lately is Microsoft Teams, and um, we're seeing uh, we're seeing a big uh, a trend happening there. Microsoft is seems to be shifting their Skype and some of their other uh, products towards that. We think there's going to be uh, a lot of integration with Surface Hub and Teams, and I imagine LinkedIn. I'm not that's a little bit of speculation there, but we're trying to get in the, in the front of teams. I know uh, I saw a Raypub's article about uh, Crestron incorporating teams into their Mercury product and some other products. So we're seeing that trend and trying to get in front of that and trying to get in front of the AV as a surface trend. And uh, to me, that's, there's, there's a lot of room to grow uh, here at Whitlock and I feel like I'm in a really good spot. Um, where they're, they're allowing me to do that. It's not that I'm not um, tasked with project work. I certainly am. I certainly have plenty of, plenty of work to get done. But there's also encouragement to, you know, do some thought leadership within the company and, and, and take your idea and, and flesh it out a little bit and then present it as to all the designers. And um, that, that's a great spot for me. Um, the other thing I really like about this role is that it is virtual. 
and I do like Raleigh. I'm, I'm settling in here. Nice. I've got my, my double wide on five acres. Um, <laughs> for the same price I was playing for that shack you saw up in Guerneville. Um, and, uh, but but I don't know if I'm going to be in, how long I'm being Raleigh. You know, I could be here for for ten or twenty years, or I could be here for one or two years. Right. What's really awesome about this position I landed is I can take it with me as long as I'm near an airport and I have a good internet connection. Most of the clients I work with are not in North Carolina at all. They're in New York or uh, or Pittsburgh or DC lately, and and um, more of a global level client. So you don't you don't really need to be near an office as much as near an airport. To, to fly to some meetings. So that is really encouraging for me to, uh, to hold on to this one. You know, um, I, you know me, I've, I've gone through a couple jobs for whatever reasons, and I'm, I'm really hoping this is the one I can hold on to for a while. And uh, it, it seems like it's, it's got the right balance of challenge and professionalism and an opportunity for the future where I can really grow with it. Um, I hope I just don't say anything stupid on these podcasts that'll get me, you know, <laughs> get, get uh, me in trouble. Right? You got to say the right uh, stuff. You'll hey, get promoted. Right, right, right. So um, no, I'm really digging it. And so I feel like that's, that's where, you know, we're headed. I'd love to uh, continue in that, in that client facing role. I'm getting more into the technology road mapping. We're calling it where, hmm. you know, we're, we're, we're not only setting standards for conference rooms for this year, but we're thinking about what's going to be coming up next year, introducing the clients to those technologies, uh, AV over IP, you know, AV over the network or um, different collaboration, uh, Google Jamboards or, or other, you know, emerging tech that's coming out. And, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's not quite ready to, go full force across the board into their standards, but it's certainly ready to start piloting and, and educating the client on those new technologies and, and trying to try to be that resource to them. Again, getting back to that, instead of being the person that sells them product, you know, being the person that they call when they want to talk about what's next, you know, well, we have these rooms now, what's next? Let's, let's not be so caught off guard by the emerging tech. Let's get ahead of it a little bit. So um, excited about that, that emerging, that emerging tech and, and technology road mapping role. Um, it, it seems to have a lot of, a lot of future for me. Yeah, that's awesome, man. That sounds cool. It sounds a uh, very, that's where I want to use it sounds very creative for one. So I think that it's good for you, right? It's more, a more creative outlet. You get to apply yourself. It's challenging. It's new. It's fresh. Um, and it sounds like there's a lot of it, especially down the road. So that's great that you and Whitlock, of course, are already thinking about next year and kind of like, how do we implement that thought process now? And sort of like, there's your technology roadmap. And then you move forward with that sort of momentum every year. I like that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm working on kind of ironing out, I think everyone thinks it's a good idea about how we go about it. You know, that process of the roadmap, what does it look like? How do we introduce it to clients that we're still, uh, we're still ironing out some of that detail, but um, I feel like, you know, having an almost an internal roadmap that we can then turn into an external roadmap, you know, for our clients. So having our own roadmap of where we are at and where we're going, teaching uh, other designers about trends in the industry, I think is, uh, is a good spot for me. Uh, and and with Whitlock, there's enough going on, enough different clients that I'm getting a lot of exposure to products that I may not have seen so much, you know, working at a, 
a North Bay integrator who was doing a lot of high schools, you know, or, right. or, or working for WISA and doing a lot of home electronics. The nice thing about being with a large company is you get a lot of exposure to, to other products. And, um, it's, uh, it's a very interesting group and, um, I'm very proud of the, the folks I work with. That's cool, man. So we should probably, I should ask you this for people who are interested in learning more about the company Whitlock, where should they go to learn more? Well, uh, you can just go to Whitlock.com. Um, we can, we're also part of the, uh, the global, uh, presence Alliance that they call it the GPA Alliance, which I should have a, um, I, should, I think it's just globalpresence.org, I think is our, our uh, and that's, that's, uh, you know, a larger group that, that we, it's, it's, there's a few other partnerships in the industry like this, but it gives us the ability, if we are not in a certain country, for instance, to having a, a partner there that we can rely upon and, and put in that same, you know, technology and have the, the same consistency from from office to office because a lot of our clients the ones I'm working with they really are global clients um, not just nationwide anymore so um, globalpresence.org I think it is um, but you know if you want to hit me up you know I'm still P, I'm still PK audiovisual at on, on Twitter at, at PK audiovisual and that's also my website um, if you did want to send me an email uh, pkav info at gmail.com is a is a good safe one i can give out on the air and i'll kick over to my uh, my personal account um uh, you know there's other ways to find me you can find me on linkedin i'm pretty active on there still uh, i think a lot of people only get active on linkedin when they're looking for jobs i'm definitely <laughs> not one of those people i'm i'm on there you know every week uh and uh to me it, there's it's not really you know it's not just about looking for jobs. It's definitely about networking and, and, uh, and seeing those trends and keeping up with folks. So I'm trying to be a little better about, about that. And, uh, and hopefully I'll see everybody at Infocom in a couple months. If my campaign works out, uh, we're going to build a hashtag, like get Paul the Infocom yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Maybe I'll start a Kickstarter or something, right? Like a GoFundMe site. I'll um, figure it out. We'll do a little Photoshop no, I feel like challenge or something. <laughs> I think um, I've got a good chance of going. Uh, if not this year, then then next year. I, 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 if I don't quite make it this year, then um, then next year. But I think I've got a good chance of going this year. So, well, I'll we'll see you then. And yeah, like, bud. I'll, I'll send you some info on our vibe show. Yeah, let me know about the show. And just, I'm gonna. I'm I mean, gonna... do you ever come out to the? What's that? I was gonna say, do you ever come out to the rave pubs office in uh, Chapel Hill? I have never been, and like now that it. I said that on the air, they're probably going to be like, why haven't you never visited us? I've never been out there now. I think they should pay for your ticket, and then you should come, and I'll buy you lunch and uh, and take you to my show. And I'll let Gary and Sarah know that you insisted. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send them an email like, we'll yeah. We'll have a we'll have a, uh, a we'll have a campaign to get you to go to here and then to get me to go to Infocom and there'll be no collusion at all. No, not at all. Um, no, uh, it's uh, it's good. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm glad you had me back on. I'm glad we were able to to reconnect and um, I'm sure, there's a million other things that we should talk about that it's not coming to mind right now. But um, yeah, we could always follow up and do this again some other time.
Yeah, when uh, once you've uh, let's 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 give it a couple months and see how things you know pan out at uh, at Whitlock, and maybe there's some cool new interesting product products that you can talk about, or maybe there isn't, but just maybe just good experience, or maybe somewhere on the lines you're going to start really blogging heavily on LinkedIn or pkaudiovisual.com or both, or I don't know. I'm hoping both because then we can see have some more good content to share on the internet. Uh, if I didn't mention it, or if you didn't quite mention it earlier, I think you already did. The website to learn more is pkaudiovisual.com. Whitlock obviously is going to be at, or no, it's just, sorry, it's whitlock.com. You can use the W's or not. They're on Twitter at Whitlock underscore collab. They're on LinkedIn, Facebook. It's at uh, facebook.com forward slash Whitlock USA. They're on YouTube. But if I want to redirect you back to Paul's site, where I'm hoping he starts posting more blogs for good creative outlet and info for the industry, it's pkaudiovisual.com. That's him on Twitter as well. He's giving you his email. You can reach out there. Uh, Paul, yeah, let's let's give it a couple months. Let's see how things go. Yeah. Let's let's get some really cool stories going, and uh, let's get you back on. You know, blogging LinkedIn. Um, maybe let's get you on Rave Pubs. Get you uh, um, putting some stuff out there. Yeah, yeah. I need to stop working on weekends. Basically, I need to. <laughs> I need to get my weekend. I need to get my weekends back so I can do more fun things like blogging and mow my five-acre yard. Yeah. Uh, the last the last few weekends, I feel like the last few weekends have been. You know, I've just been putting in the, the overtime, uh, trying to trying to stay ahead of the projects. But uh, uh, it's it's it's. I'm getting ahead of them now. I think I'm getting my head above water now. So. Um, I think we're all going to have a really busy year. I don't know if you saw my last post, but that's my no, own personal theory. I'll check well, it out. My own theory, my own theory on this year, and, and no matter where you are in politics or whatever, uh, that, that the tax the tax cuts are going to um, have put 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 more money in in certain clients' pockets, right? And so those clients are going to have the ability to spend a lot more this year than they may have had been able to spend last year. And so I think we're all going to have a really busy year um, in in this industry. I hope we all do. Um, but it remains to be seen. We're still in March. And so, um, well, maybe this time next year we can circle back and say, whoa, that was a crazy year. Um, or maybe not, maybe I'm all wet and, you know, we're about to have a, have a depression again. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) We're going to find out. uh, Yeah. About to find out. Um, but anyway, yeah. Thanks for your time. I appreciate having me on. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for coming back. Uh, again, we'll, we'll give it um, some time, some months, uh, either way, you're coming back. Talk more on the show. I encourage the blogging. I encourage the work. I encourage everything. Let's recap soon. People who want to be on the show have inquiries. Tell me you want to be upset at this show or other shows, or you love all of them. I will welcome all that in the form of an email at Johnny J O H N N Y at ravepubs.com. It's Johnny J O H N N Y at ravepubs.com. Uh, I'm on Twitter at jmoda3, same with Instagram, Facebook, yada, 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 yada. It's on there. You can Google me. You can email me. You don't have to. But whether or not you do those things, just come back to AV Insider, a show that can be found at ravepubs.com under the Rave Radio tab, along with all the other really cool shows that are there. Um, I'd tell you all about them, but just head over to ravepubs.com and just go to the Rave Radio tab. You'll find my show along with other really cool, unique, different, but fun and unique shows there on the Rave Radio tab at ravepubs.com. Everyone, this has been AV Insider. We'll catch you on the next show.